I'm Jordy. And I'm Juliet. And this is Diaper Baggage, a podcast that shows you how to get rid of the mom guilt. On this week's episode, we give you our top travel tips and break down what applying to preschool in New York is really like. Plus, Jordy reveals what she Googled this week. So welcome back. We took a little break for Labor Day. We decided to take our own advice and take a little break and not try to push it and get an episode out before Labor Day. Self-care. Yes, exactly. Hashtag (laughs) self-care. So, uh, Juliet, you just got back from a nice little vacation. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I think since I've seen you, we went on two little trips. We went to Nantucket. Oh, that's um, right. Where we, we try and go every year. It's probably the only place where Mike and I... consistently want to go back to it every summer. You went there for your mini moon too, right? We did, yeah. Um, And we've been back, I think, every year except for one. Um, So this year we stayed in a and b in town, and it was mostly good except there were no shades on the window, and anyone has a small child, you know that that means that they generally wake up at first light. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really rough. Which we'll cover later. We will cover later. Yeah, we've got some tips for that, which I wish I had known about um, before we left. Um, And then we drove up to Lake George for Labor Day weekend. Um, Have you ever been there? I've been there. I was there once when I was in high school, I think. It's really lovely. It's beautiful, though. It's a huge lake. So parts of it are really crappy. (laughs) Um, And parts of it are, are very lovely. And there's a, you know gorgeous old homes and this mm. old hotel that makes you feel very sort of Edith Wharton. Um, and it was super kid-friendly. We stayed at this place called the Sagamore um, oh, yeah. that had like a big kid center. Um, so Avi learned how to play um, baseball and golf and pool and In an adorable pong. outfit if you yeah. can look at Juliet's Instagram. <laughs> like only, I'll, po- I'll post one of the photos on yeah, our uh, Only Instagram. Avi could pull that outfit <laughs> off while playing sports. She was so chic and cute. Um, so yeah, so that was... Fun to have a place where there was enough activities yeah. for the parents and for the kids to do, and um, and then you guys took a trip too. Yeah, we got to go to Charleston, South Carolina, which is a place that I've always wanted to go to. Um, I've been to Savannah before, and I feel like those are two like rival mm-hmm. cities about which one which one's better. And so I wanted to go find out for myself. And luckily, uh, we got out of there before the hurricane. So barely by the skin of your teeth. Barely, yes. There was a mandatory evacuation when we were leaving. So we were we were lucky and we luckily got to do a lot of the things that we wanted. And Charleston was a very kid friendly city. I was um mm-hmm. surprised. I mean I I just I assume the southerners are <laughs> nicer about children, but I feel like there was we went to a couple of places. We went to um, Boone Hall Plantation and Cypress Gardens and both just have a lot of space for a kid to run around and Wilder loves just to go crazy. So um, <laughs> it was nice just feeling like I got to actually see things that I wanted to see. But it also happened to be a place where he was really happy and can get out some energy. And there were a lot of we ate at this really cute um, pizza place that had uh, that was outside and had a truck for a slide and uh, even the nice restaurant that we ate at with him was um, which is one of the scenes where the notebook was filmed mm. uh, in this restaurant called High Cotton. And oh, I ate there. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was good. And we had like a five, you know, we did like a five o'clock dinner and the staff couldn't have been more lovely with the baby being there, even though it was like a nice restaurant. So it actually turned out to be um, a really nice trip. We ate and we Saw some beautiful places and walked around downtown. And um, that sounds glorious. Yeah, it was it was lovely. And the day we got back, I actually got to go to uh, the U.S. Open, and I got to watch Serena Williams play, which was really fun because just the week prior, I was able to interview Serena. So cool. Which was really really cool, and it was so funny because, you know, 
we're working moms. So like we're dealing with balancing kids and work all the time. And during my interview, her two-year-old daughter was sitting on her lap and oh because gosh. she would not, the little girl, Olympia is her name, would not let go of Serena. And uh, so she had to do the entire interview with the toddler grabbing at my microphone <laughs> and, you know, playing with the sign. And it was just, it was really funny to like see someone like Serena Williams, who's like such a badass be like frazzled like a normal mom oh, trying I love to deal it. with a two-year-old when her job happens to be talking to press or playing, you know, obviously when she's playing tennis, she doesn't have a, the daughter around, but you know, part of her job is doing media right. interviews and here she is like trying to balance this, the little girl that just wants to be with her mom. Oh my God. Um, so and cute. so it was just a really funny, like, I was like, I totally understand like yeah. what's happening right now. And it was just really funny to, to kind of experience like a motherly, moment with someone like Serena Williams and then get to watch her on the court, you know, a few days later. It's just crazy. She actually told me in my interview, because I asked, how do you kind of switch between those two worlds? And what she said was that they're actually, if you think about it, they're both really intense. Like Mm -hmm. taking care of a two-year-old is really intense and like it requires all of your attention. And then playing tennis is very much the same way. So it's just a matter for her of like switching what she's focusing her intensity and attention on. So we're all the same. We're all the same in the end. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was uh, that's what's been happening it's in the past. It's an exciting week. Yeah, it's been a really good week. So um, also while I was traveling, um, and I mentioned that Wilder was moving all over the place. <laughs> Quite often, and his new favorite word is out, 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 up, oh. up, up, because he wants out of the car seat and out of the high chair and out of everything. So that sort of leads me into the thing that I Googled this week. Shit, we Googled. And what did you Google this week, Jordy? So I Googled, how do you get a toddler to sit still? <laughs> and I want your personal input on this. And what I found online was not as definitive as my the last thing I Googled, which is when does it get easier to have a child, yeah. <laughs> to take care of a child? Apparently there is an answer for that There one. is an answer, and it's six if you missed the last episode, but definitely go back and listen. Um, and I'd imagine keeping a six-year-old sitting down is easier as well. But... I came across a few blogs and there was one common thing that I noticed among a a bunch of them. And that was that you can start to train kids around Wilder's age, which is about 15 months, somewhere around 18 months to sit quietly. So actually the Duggar family. Do you guys guys remember the Duggars? Remember the Duggars? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Their fall from grace. Um, that they, I mean, they have a million children, so they would probably know the answer to this. <laughs> and what Michelle used to do is start with like one minute at a time and have the kids start on your lap. And you just like read a book or do something that's like an activity that requires their attention. And then mm-hmm. you just like slowly build up the time and then you transfer them to like their own seat and have them and slowly build up the amount of time that you require them to like sit there and encourage them to stay quiet and focused. And I saw this on a few, not just the Duggars, but a few different Mm -hmm. blogs. And I just thought it was really interesting. I don't know if I'll implement it. (laughs) Um, A lot of it I think is just a waiting game because I asked um, my pediatrician, (laughs) like, is he ever going to just sit still? (laughs) Because even in the doctor's office, he was all over the place. And she said, you just kind of have to wait it out. Mm -hmm. But the general answer was sort of encourage them 
to spend time doing activities that require their attention. Right. And Wilder does love to read, and he'll sit and read for a read. (laughs) Big quotation marks. He'll read for a while and pay attention. And um, the pediatrician also said, just ignore him when he says out or up. When he's in the stroller, you know, or the car seat. Just like, you can acknowledge it the first time and say, no, we can't do that right now. But if he keeps repeating himself, which he does, to just pretend like it's not happening until you have to get to the place where you need to be. I, I, I definitely, I've definitely done that because the other thing is that, I mean, let's be honest, it just gets annoying. Like when your kid is asking the same question 20 times, it's like, I know you heard me give you the answer, which is like, no, you can't have that bag of candy or no, you're not getting out of mm-hmm. your car seat or whatever. So yeah, it's not like you're ignoring them. You acknowledge it the first time yes. and then like eventually, hopefully they just learn that they don't have to repeat themselves every two yeah. seconds. Was Avi a very active child? Did you have to deal with this? or? Do- I mean, just from spending time with Wilder, he's <laughs> definitely more active than she ever was. I mean, at this age, she wasn't even walking yet, right? Oh. She didn't walk until 16 and a half months, right? Mm-hmm. So that was different mm-hmm. uh, greatly. But I think she, I mean, it's funny. She will sit and hang out with a book for a really long time, but when we're, you know, going to an antique store, for example, yeah. that gives me so much anxiety because even at two, how old is she? Three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> she still doesn't have that much control to like not, not touch things yeah. when I tell her not to. And I mean, she's definitely better at it now than she used to be. But now she'll be, I'll be like, you have to ask me if there's anything you want to pick up. So then yeah. she'll... I don't know, see something so breakable, like some glass paperweight, and be like, okay, I want that. And I'm like, no. Like, just because you're asking me doesn't mean you you actually get it or whatever. So that definitely gives me a lot of trepidation. But was she always good? And the reason I Googled this is because when we were out at dinner in Charleston, like, he did not want to sit for very long. Granted, it was dinner, and I know that breakfast, he can sit for 20 minutes. I, Mm -hmm. I sort of have to know what his limitations are Mm -hmm. and later in the day for dinner when it's getting closer and closer to bedtime I think he's just a little more restless right but how did you work on getting Avi to like sit still in the chair Um, so you could enjoy a meal just mostly like having a bag of tricks yeah you know like a lot of different stuff she could cycle through um I think at first I was like, well, I don't want her to fill up on bread at the start of the meal and then she won't eat anything else. But then after a while you're like, well, this keeps them occupied, yeah. right? You like give them a big baguette. <laughs> baguette or something and like they'll actually sit still for a while. Um, I do think right around the time they start walking, they are more antsy. Mm. I remember there was definitely just a period where she just didn't want to be sitting, yeah, right? Because they, they have this new skill and they want to keep working on it mm-hmm. and, and they just want to be out and explore. Um, yeah, so I mean, I remember there was a, quite a few months where like it was a race to just, I don't even know why we honestly bothered to go out during those months because yeah. it's like we were trying to eat in like 30 minutes and it's like it wasn't very pleasurable. And yeah. like one of us generally had to end up getting up and walking her around That's the restaurant been, or, yeah. or bringing her outside. But it does pass. And okay. I think once they are used to their increased mobility for a few months. Um, and it's not such a novelty. Yeah. And I think also they, the older they get, the longer their attention span is to work on a water wow or have a book or whatever it is. Um, and so it definitely gets okay. better. So you're more of the, it just takes time. It takes time. Okay. Well, have distractions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the advice. And, um, 
Thank you for the advice, Duggars. <laughs> um, we're doing a new segment today. Yeah. Just switching things up. Yeah, trying feeling, some new things. Feeling inspired after our uh, holiday break. Um, so we are going to do a top 10 list. Yes. Jordy. And Juliet's Top 10. And we'll try to do these every once in a while to basically give our top 10 tips that we've learned or hacks or any sort of things to make being a mom and a parent just a little bit easier. Yeah. So the one that we came up with for this week, because we've been doing a lot of it, mm-hmm. is our top 10 travel tips to make traveling with a kid less miserable. Yes. <laughs> because, because I clearly just went over yeah. <laughs> all of my woes of traveling with a toddler, but... We have traveled to, I think, four different countries with Wilder already, and nice. he's been on something, I don't know, 18 flights, 20 flights, something like that. So I, we've done quite a bit, and Navi's been, I think, to yeah. like 10 countries. 10 countries. Like? I think she's at like 46 or 47 flights. So I feel like we've, I, I feel like I learn something new every time I travel with him, especially because obviously he grows and changes. Right. So there's something new. So these are our top 10 tips. My number one, no, I'm, I'm going to go straight for the number one tip. <laughs> you need to get yourself a slumber pod. This would have helped you so much. I wish I'd known that this existed. When you were in Nantucket, they didn't have the shades. Is that where it was? Yeah. Okay. So the slumber pod is basically a blackout tent that goes over any travel crib. So you can control the environment entirely. You can, con- even if you're traveling abroad and you want to control the baby's naps, it keeps it, I'm talking like blackout in their crib area and I swear Wilder sleeps better in it than he does sometimes at home. Wow. So hands down, get a slumber pod. And this is hashtag not Nat also. <laughs> I love that thing. <laughs> I literally will go onto Instagram and write my own reviews when people ask questions about it because I love it so much. Anyway, what's cool. your what's your tip? What's your tip? Okay, so I don't know if this is my number one tip, but one of my tips is if you're flying to try and reserve that glorious bulkhead row mm-hmm. because it gives you a lot more leg room and if you're traveling with a very small child then you can use the bassinet. Yes. I actually never timed it to be able to use that but um, we used it once when we flew to Portugal. Nice. Yeah just to be able to have that extra space. Um, Wilder's happy to sit on the floor now too which right. we learned on this trip actually. He like sat at our feet and read a book and if we had had a bulkhead seat it probably would have been much more comfortable for both of us. Mm-hmm. So great tip. Uh, another tip that I've learned is to book a babysitter when you can. Yeah. And try to plan some evening activities or daytime activities where it's just you and your significant other or just you if you're traveling alone with your kid. There are babysitters everywhere. A hotel will usually recommend one. Um, There's apps all over the world that you can use too. We've used one in Charleston. Uh, We used one when we were in the Bahamas, I believe, too. We've used them all over. Hire a babysitter. Mm-hmm. It's a great it's little investment. It's your vacation, too. It's your vacation, to Plan something really fun that is not baby-related right. at all. And if you're worried that your kid's not going to fall asleep with a babysitter, then just plan a later dinner. Put That's your, what we do. Put your kid to sleep, and then have somebody literally just come and hang out in the room while you go out to dinner. It makes a world of difference. Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. Um, what other tips do I have for you? Okay, so I would say... Uh, I never bring enough things to keep her occupied. Mm. So always bring twice as many toys, books, crayons as you think you might need for, for air travel, train travel, just hanging out at a restaurant. Like they can whip through that stuff so quickly. Yeah, they can. 
good, good, good piece of advice. I'm getting into that territory now where I need to bring a lot more stuff to keep them <laughs> occupied. All right. Another tip that I have is if you can book a suite at, in a hotel room and have it a, a place where it's a separate space to put the kid. So when they go to sleep, which is tends to be earlier than most adults, mm-hmm. you can actually still enjoy your evening with your significant other or by yourself. You can watch TV because in the beginning days of having a baby, uh, Ross and I spent many a night sitting and eating food in a hotel bathroom. So try to book a suite. If you can't book a suite, another great tip is to ask for um, a handicapped bathroom. That'll be big enough for a pack and play, guys. And it'll be dark. (laughs) When we were in Charleston, Wilder slept in the bathroom. So if one's available, that's just another great way to kind of get around paying more for a suite. That is a really good tip. I've never actually thought to ask for the ADA bathroom. Oftentimes I find myself on the hotel's website seeing if they have the floor plan. Yes. So I can measure. Um, (laughs) Okay. Another tip that I have is uh, to always bring a change of clothes for not only your kid, but for you. Mm. Um, Because you might think when your infant is past that pukey after eating stage, you know, that you aren't going to need a full set of change of clothes all the time. But then you start potty training Mm. and they pee in your lap. So, um, Oh, I have so much to look forward to. Or, you know, they just like have dirty hands and they're just climbing all over you all the time after having a lot of tomato sauce. So, (laughs) um, always just have that ready to go. Good tip. And not white. (laughs) Not white. Not white. (laughs) Uh, another one that I think Juliet and I both put a lot of research into was finding a good travel stroller. You, for Everyone has different requirements. For us, we wanted something that li- would go flat, pretty flat, so he could sleep in it while mm-hmm. we were on the go, uh, that folded up, that was really light, that we could throw over our shoulder, that we could throw um, up in the overhead bin if we needed to. We ended up going with the Mountain Buggy Nano, which we love, and I believe you went with the Yo-Yo Zen, which you love. We end up getting two travel strollers. Oh. <laughs> so we have the Pocket. Oh, right. The G, I think GB pocket, mm-hmm. which actually can fit under an airplane seat. It's Whoa, so small. That is tiny. Um, so I use that when I'm on the subway with her because it's so light that I can carry it down flights of stairs even while she's in it, and it's fine. Um, but it has basically no sunshade, and it does not recline, and there's really no storage in it at all. So we use the Yo-Yo for longer trips because mm-hmm. it does have a little bit of a recline, and it has a shade, and um, it's great. Cool. Travel stoves are really important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to you need to have one that you really like. Um, another tip I have is to carry snacks, mm. and I'd like to highlight that that's not just for the children. <laughs> that could be for husbands, yes, uh, or yourself, um, because sometimes you're, especially when you're traveling uh, in a city, mm-hmm. right, and you're kind of just roaming around, like yeah. Ideally, you can just stop into various places and and grab a croissant or whatever. But sometimes you're, I don't know, at an art gallery or some museum or some, like, outdoor spot and everybody is hangry and you Mm -hmm. have nowhere to buy anything or, like, the only thing available is, like, tinned sardines, which are delicious but, like, maybe not always right for, like, a 2 p.m. snack. So, um, (laughs) you know, pack a ton of extra stuff in your suitcase, like, whether that's Bombas or... Oh, yeah, we traveled all um, the Bombas. The Monk Pack Oatmeals. Do you guys do those? No. They're not technically for children, but you will find them Mm -hmm. often in the children's section at grocery stores because I think people don't realize what they are because they come in packs. So it's like fruity oatmeal for hikers. Interesting. Um, But it keeps kids pretty full and adults. 
Um, Trader Joe's also has these great, I think they're called like fruit crushers or something like that. The mango, apple, And they don't have to be refrigerated. Yeah. So it's a great thing to travel with. We travel with those. We tend to make our own pouches for him when we're home, but when we're traveling, I just bring a bunch of those with us just to hold them over for a little while. Mm -hmm. And they're great because they don't have to be refrigerated because I don't want to be walking around with like ice packs and all this stuff for hours and hours. So that's another good one that I really like. Mm -hmm. All right. My last tip is to... Carefully choose activities, but also don't over plan. So to make an experience enjoyable, I think, for the whole family is to make sure you're not trying to do all of the things that you used to do in like your pre-baby travel days. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. And it's important, especially because our kids are so young. I think maybe as they get older, they can tag along a bit easier to Mm -hmm. more adult activities. There needs to be space for them to do an activity that they want to do, even if it's just running around. I mean, Wilder was so happy just right. to look at tractors right. on he the property care of the plantation. He doesn't care if he goes to a children's museum Correct. But he wants some time to get his energy To out. get his energy out. <laughs> so I think we tried to plan things like that to ensure that he's getting the stimulus that he needs. And it can be a good balance where it was at places that I also wanted to see. And I think another thing is to not over-plan In the beginning, I tried to do a lot and I was trying to sort of follow the pre-baby way of traveling that I used to do where it's like, let's get in as much as Mm -hmm. we possibly can. And it really stressed me out. And I think planning, maybe it gets different as the baby gets older, but planning like one activity for the day and maybe one kind of meal and then having the rest kind of flow. And that helped us enjoy our trip because we felt like we were accomplishing the things on our itinerary that we want to do and not feeling overwhelmed right. by trying or that to that you were going to have to because if you overschedule yourself when you're traveling with a child then almost always you're going to have to skip out on something yes. and then you're going to be really frustrated. Exactly. So that was something that I really learned and we're really trying to stick to that when we travel now so we don't feel like we're missing out on anything and really enjoying the experience together as a family. Mm -hmm. So that actually probably is my number one tip on the list. Yeah. All right. Non-tangible tip. Yes. Um, My last tip is that it's important to carve out some alone time. Yes. So not just with your partner or your spouse. That is also important. That's why you get the babysitter. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're, especially if you're doing a vacation where maybe you're only staying at one property rather than like going out Mm -hmm. and exploring a city every day, if you're at the beach or something and there's a little bit more free time, then you can talk to your husband, for example, and be like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning and then I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to the beach for a few hours. And then why don't you go play golf in the afternoon? Mm -hmm. Because it is, it is your vacation too. And you shouldn't feel guilty for wanting to take some time to actually relax or do something that you don't get to do at home. Um, And you can, you know, partner off that way and it gives both of you a chance to get some bonding time with the kid or like while they're napping, you can read or whatever it is. But I think, um, it gives you the chance to decompress Yes, exactly, and do an activity that you want to do without having to worry about Mm -hmm. involving a kid in it. Like you don't want a baby in a massage room. No, I know that you hate massages, but But hypothetically, hypothetically, (laughs) I don't want a baby in my facial room. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's our top 10 travel tips. If you guys have some, we would love to hear them. So please let us know. Absolutely. And maybe we'll post some vacation photos on our Instagram account, which is at diaper baggage. So you can see some of the fun that we've been having. Uh, So our our major topic for today is 
back to school, (laughs) which seems kind of crazy because our kids are still pretty young. Um, But if you are applying for preschools in New York, the process actually starts a year ahead of schedule. Yeah, like I'm looking at them and Wilder's (laughs) only 15 months old. Yeah, it's pretty bananas um, and it can cause a lot of anxiety and feelings of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we were all about getting rid of the mom guilt here at Diaper Baggage, we thought we would sort of um, go over what it means to apply and how to keep your sanity. Yes. Um, and I think for people who don't live in New York, just to give you a little background on what it what it is to go to preschool here, because I think it's very different in New yeah, York so than it is want- like anywhere else. Oh, 100%. Do you want to give the little summary Um that you gave to me, basically, about yeah. what it means to apply to preschool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you basically start the process 12 months before your, your child would matriculate. And while there are some programs where you can kind of sign up, um, you know, the week before, a lot of these sort of desirable preschools or what they call feeder preschools into the good private kindergartens um, will often have lotteries to apply so it's, it's not like you win the lottery and then you automatically get a spot at the school you you are given the option for, to you, apply yes to apply that's crazy I actually got an email for one of the schools that we applied to we did not make the lottery and they said would you like to be on the wait list for the lottery oh my god and I was like sure because I'm sure something is going to come with that um but yeah I mean it's 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 stressful you have to take time off of work because most of these meetings with the schools that you end up having to go to her during the day. Yeah. Um, and they really expect both parents to be there, and you have to write essays, and apparently some of these schools even require letters of recommendation. What exactly you're going to say about a 15-month-old, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> like, he's a really good pooper, yeah. and he loves carrots. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, the whole thing gets pretty ridiculous, and ultimately I think at the end of the day um, – all the programs are lovely and honestly more or less the same. Like if you choose one over the other, unless it's like a very specialized school, I'm not totally sure there's going to be that much of a difference. They're all lovely. Yeah. I mean, even if you choose to send your kid to daycare until they're ready to go to preschool or, or I mean, or kindergarten, it's totally fine. Yeah. I think it's important because I often find myself, analyzing where we should go, where he should go, and what am I doing the best for him, mm-hmm. and have all those questions you want, you know, that guilt of wanting to give the best to your child, um, and these things cost money. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're not stretching yourself too thin financially to afford mm-hmm. something like this, and I think it's important to remember that it's okay if they just go to whatever, right? <laughs> or exactly. you just want to keep them at home. And not put them in school for a while until they're ready to go to public school. Like, it's totally right. fine. It, what's important is that you're that you're exposing them to the world. And right. that can be done as a family, with a nanny, with, right. with preschool, with uh, daycare, whatever it is. And I'm trying to tell myself that now. Because yeah. I'm in the process of trying to make these, like, major decisions of right. what to do with Wilder. Right, and you're feeling... Next year, which I don't even know where I'm going to be living. Exactly. So... You were feeling a lot of mom guilt about yes. this transition. And I, as the as the elder parent here, I'm going to tell you that it will all be fine. Yes. 
I'm telling anybody who's listening that happens to go through the same thing that you will all be fine. Um, but yeah, like Jordy was saying, there's a lot of different options out there. Some of them are a little bit more involved than others. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you as the parent are the best arbiter of what's going to be best for your kid. And also, let's not forget, this is a program for two-year-olds. Like, one year, if you decide not to send them to school, it's not going to make a difference, right. you know? And if you decide to change your mind later, it will be okay. Yeah. yeah. There are still plenty of opportunities to give your child the education that you want to give them, whatever that may look like. And it's just important to remind ourselves of that because you can get, especially in New York City, so wrapped up Mm -hmm. in worrying about it. Right. Right. It's such a pressure cooker here. And I think it's really easy to just constantly compare yourself to other moms that you're around and, you know, moms groups are on Instagram. Um, But yeah, it's, I think once you're able to take a step back from it, you can see that it does, the process does get very ridiculous and, and it doesn't make that much of a difference in the long run. So it's, it's not worth your mental exertion to spend too much time worrying about it because there are more important things. Absolutely. Their happiness and health first and foremost. Exactly. Well, that's, that's a wrap. That's a wrap for this week. I feel like we covered a lot. We traveled, we really school, did. everything. And uh, I really had fun talking about all of these topics. Me too. As always. As always. That's it for now. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of Diaper Baggage.